Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday Takes on Takes edition of the show. It is draft week, very exciting week, but it is going to affect our schedule a little bit. So we're doing takes on takes here on this fine Monday. Kyle, welcome to the show. Yeah, let's get weird, baby. Was that a wow. beer? Did you crack a beer at 9-11 yeah, this morning? 9-11 a.m. on Monday. This is an orange Coke, orange vanilla Coke, zero sugar. That's what mm-hmm. this is. Do you remember when you used to like sip uh, annoyingly into the microphone all the time? Yeah, it was the uh, the tea. Yeah. The, the Kermit the Frog tea meme. When you cracked that that Coke, it was remind, it reminded me of when you used to do that all the time. Took you back to the glory days, eh? What, were those the glory days? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I don't know about you. It sounds like you might have some gripes, but I thought it was thought it was a good time. <laughs> we did it. Uh, Didn't we? Was this 500 episodes now? Did we do it? No, we're definitely over 500. This is All our right. four. This is our 400th podcast on megaphone. So this okay. is our 400th draft dudes episode. This is the 400th yeah. episode of draft dudes. Correct. What a no better way to do it than takes on takes on a Monday. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the stars all aligning for us. We've got Battle of the Boards coming the next couple of days. And we're um, going to kill each other. We're going to kill each other. We are. Uh, uh, I'm oh, already ready to talk there. more about Jermaine Pratt. I'm already I, ready for it. I am not prepared to have this conversation at all because I haven't seen your board. Good. That's the way it ought to be. It's ready for you to it's see, though. I said it. One hell of a battle of the boards <laughs> just, <laughs> with you knowing every single slotting I have and me knowing none. Yeah, well, you'll get to see it. And uh, we have mock drafts coming Thursday, and then we'll – have the actual NFL draft to react to. Remember, we're live from Nashville at STK Steakhouse there, presented by Under Armour, Under Armour Rush Line, the latest in their performance innovation. And, uh, of course, our fine friends at Coca-Cola, the Orange Vanilla, uh, is our sponsor. So very excited about those events. Don't miss it. We're broadcasting live from Twitter. Follow at Draft Network LLC to keep up with all of our analysis. It is going to be fun. But before we get there, we've got this takes on takes to do, and we're going to have some fun on this. I'm going to give you the first one. Go ahead. Give it to me. Can, you, right. can, you, hear, the, can you hear the fizz? No. No. Okay. no. Go ahead. Sorry, I poured it into a cup. Okay. All right. David Bowen, good friend from Wales. He says the Raiders are going to draft Kyler Murray after a big trade with Arizona. I want to agree with this take so badly. <laughs> Actually, it's a win-win, right? Because either the Cardinals draft Kyler Murray – and then they have to get rid of Josh Rosen. And Joe Peter King saying, my Miami Dolphins have done more research on Josh Rosen than any other team in the last few weeks. Or the entire draft world goes nuclear. And after three months of being told that Kyler is going to go number one to Arizona, <laughs> they trade the pick to the Raiders. I could even see if Arizona doesn't trade the pick, if they were to take Nick Bosa, like, Kyler has to go at four to Air, or to Oakland, right? Like, there's who's going to trade up with the Jets because San Francisco is not going to budge out of their pick. You know what I mean? Like, I think if it's not Arizona, it's going to be Oakland. 
if he doesn't go number one overall, it throws off everything that I believe is going to happen in this draft. Correct. So could be fun. It's, it's going to be fun. It's weird. Yep. Uh, Travis Graver, the 49ers Super Bowl odds are accurate. They were. Uh, what were they? 2000 plus 2000, I think. What does that mean for those of us that uh, don't know? Uh, Joe, you're the one that copy pasted the takes, bro. You know, I meant to look this up. With the, their Super Bowl odds are. They were they were the like fifth highest. I, the fifth I highest. I was going to say they're eighth. So they're fifth highest Super Bowl odds for San Francisco 49ers. Wow. San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl odds are accurate. Hashtag takes on takes. They have the two most important positions locked down. Jimmy G, D Ford, DeForest Buckner with number two pick, bookends at offensive tackles, Pettis and Sherman at 36 and 67. I say not so fast here. What has Jimmy G started 10 games in his life? Yes. I mean, I think they're going to be a good football team, but the fifth most likely team to win the Super Bowl? In the division with the Seahawks and the Rams. No, I'm out. I'm out on that for sure. Uh, and that's no disrespect for the 49ers. I just feel yeah, like there's, there's a little bit of disrespect there, but I'm here for it. I think that what, what is the opposite of disrespect? Too much respect? I don't know. That's fifth highest is just too much for me. No, you're disrespecting them. Well, but I'm all, but I'm also disrespecting them. So I'm a, I'm a hater when it comes <laughs> to San Francisco, I guess, but fifth highest odds is whack. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not there. That's too much for me. The respected madman says over under two and a half of the prospects attending the draft do not get drafted in the first round. Call me crazy, but I think they all get drafted this year. Whoa, a clean sweep in the first round. Let me be clear. They're all getting drafted. Yeah, but I I know what you meant there with the first round. Right. So here's the they have 23. Three, but yeah, sweat staying home now. I was so. going to say, does this list have sweat on it? It does not. Okay, so the names are Josh Allen, yes or no? Yeah. Wait, this is your question. Yeah, but I'm just going through it. Okay. I, I already gave you my answer. I your answer is yes. All right, let's go. Yep. Josh Allen. Yes. DeAndre Baker. Probably. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Marquise Brown. Probably. Brian Burns. Yeah. Devin Bush. Yeah. Andre Dillon. Yeah. Noah Fan. Yeah. Cody Ford. Yeah. TJ Hawkinson. Yep. Josh Jacobs. Yep. Daniel Jones. Yep. Drew Locke. <laughs> yep. DK Metcalf. Oh, yep. Kyler Murray. Yep. Ed Oliver. Yeesh. Jawan Taylor. Yes. Devin Taylor. Or Devin White, I'm sorry. Yes. Christian Wilkins. Yep. Greedy Williams. Probably. Jonah Williams. Yes. Quinn Williams. Yeesh. That's it. So I had three probablys? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, your two and a half. Your probablys were DeAndre Baker, Hollywood Brown, and uh, Josh Jacobs. Greedy Williams. Uh, Josh That's Jacobs I gave, yes. Raiders are taking him with one of those picks. Uh, okay. So two and a half was probably the right number. You say a clean sweep. I'll say I'll say the under. Right. I think I think you're more likely to see all of them get drafted than none of them or than, than three, <laughs> of, three of them get passed in the first round. But an interesting take. I like that take. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is from is this the sports nut that gave this to us? Is this? Yeah, this just just go to the words there, starting with Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard will really struggle his rookie year. 
could even have to redshirt, playing bigger, faster, and stronger edge rushers, and having to play an offense that doesn't help him like Washington State. Yeah, I think this is a good this is a good take. Um, I, I subscribe more than I thought I would to the mobility and pass blocking potential of Andre Dillard, but to to not recognize the transition ahead of him is pretty foolish because. You know who's the best pass rusher he faced in the, in the Pac-12? I know he's his four-year started starter, over, almost a thousand pass blocking snaps at Washington State. But what was the best pass rusher he faced? Friggin' Luchana. Justin Hollins, Luchana and Wilson, maybe right? Like not not like a very long list of you know in terms of you look at a guy like like Jawan Taylor who this year faced Montez Sweat, Josh Allen, the dudes from Alabama, uh, Chase Winovich. Uh, you know, Brian Burns every week, Daryl Taylor, there's somebody really good. Right. And now, you know, I think it's a big acclamation in terms of who he's going to be blocking as well as schematical differences. You know, the ball's coming out quick for Washington state and Andre Dillard more or less just needed to make sure uh, that his guy didn't get to his quarterback within like two, two and a half seconds. And a lot of times that just meant pushing him uh, where he wants to go a little more than he wants to go there. So yeah, it's a big technical uh, adjustment as well as the, the caliber of players he's going to be facing in the NFL. I can see Real some quick. struggles. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick. You know what grinds my gears? What? What's the narrative around Jonah Williams? Uh, the narrative around him that he's yeah. length. Yeah. Length. What's his arm length? 33 and five eighths. Yeah. They're longer than Dillard's. What's the narrative around Andre Dillard? The narrative around him is that he's the best pass blocker in yeah, the class. Prototypical pass blocking left tackle. Yeah, yeah. with thirty three and a half, yeah. so shorter arms than Jonah Williams. But Weird. that's not a lot of business. Weird. Our friend Trevor Joseph, as pernicious as it might be to put so much worth on only one game from a prospect, Jalte Froholt's performance against Quinn and Williams makes him one of the best day three offensive line values in the class. Also, uh, new vocabulary for Joe with pernicious. What does that mean? Do you know what it means? I know what it means, but I'm not the one with the bad vocabulary. I don't know why I'm getting this rap on the bad vocabulary. I didn't know it, but thanks to Trevor, I looked it up, and it means having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, listen, uh, I was told by somebody in our mentions the last time we talked about Froholt that we butchered his name, so we need to do a little research. I'm not going to say his first name because – that was on me. That was on me. Get... What, just now or the first time? Yeah, I was the one that said it. I mean, I saw that mention, and it was actually on takes on takes, and I, <laughs> I didn't pick it up. But, yeah, uh, he he said that it was like the, the terrible pronunciation. Here's how you say it. I have the pronunciation. It's Yeldo Froholt. Yeldo Froholt. That's yeah. – from Denmark, uh, that's the that's how you pronounce it. Yeldo okay, so, Froholt. So Froholt, <laughs> uh, he did, did have a good game against Quinn and Williams. Uh, good games against Quinn and Williams are, are obviously a, a relative term, and uh, I like him. I gave him a fifth round grade. I thought he's a a pretty scrappy, mobile dude. Uh, but I do agree that you come away from that Alabama game when you watch Quinn and Williams just destroy some teams on the interior and like he'll take the center and both guards throughout the course of the game and just whitewash him and for a whole held his own. So um, I, I think that is a game that you can point to as kind of the resume game on his uh, for his tape. And that's something that I do think is important is identifying what's that game that you can hang your hat on. 
you don't put all your stock in that game, as he says, but I do think it's important, and I do think that certainly was Froholt's resume game. Uh, Justin Holcomb, give me great coaching with Jordan Love at quarterback. Calling it now. Dude is going to be a riser for next year's draft. Hashtag takes on takes. Who's that, the Utah State quarterback? Yes. I, I don't know anything besides him about him other than he's the Utah State quarterback. He's toolsy. I mean, I think I've heard that, but I have not he's seen toolsy. him. He's toolsy and athletic, but I think putting him in the air of a Justin Herbert or a Tuga, Tua Tagovailoa is premature at this point. Every quarterback starts off as a first-rounder, right, Kyle? <laughs> right. You start up and work your way down. Yeah. Trust me, I had Brian Lewerke as QB1 enter in 2019 or 2018 yeah. college season. So, Here's something you and I have talked about. Uh, or you've talked about with me this one another one from the sports nut he says with the texans d pretty strong and already having weapons around watson the texans yes. having two seconds yes. will move up in yes. the first yes. for one of the top yes. offensive tackles yes. like dillard yes. yes trade up to 13 miami dolphins coming down the board go, go get yourself jonah williams houston it's the right move for you it's the right move for miami but more importantly it's the right move for you we'll take 55 you can keep 54 I would love that, to be honest with you. What a, what, what a negotiator you are. Yeah, yeah, I know. We probably need a fourth-round pick, too, but that's beside the point. TJ says, Charles Amenehy will be a first-round pick, has the tape measurables and character to be an outstanding inside or outside player. Hashtag takes on ticks. I like Charles Amenehy as much as the next guy, but I think the first round's a little bit high for him uh, in terms of predictive and value. Um, you know, I, I'd also think it kind of comes a numbers thing, like where – there's only so many defensive linemen that can go in the first round. And I think he's kind of lower on that list in terms of possibilities that it would have to take either a monumental run and a run that continues to the point where Charles and considered, or it would be to me uh, a reach. So I will go with this won't happen. Tom Hickson says jazz is the better Ferguson referring to jazz Ferguson wide receiver. Where do you go? Is he, he's from like Northwestern state. And Jalen Ferguson from LSU. What's that? Originally from LSU. Yeah, originally from LSU, and then Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech, all-time leader in sacks in NCAA history. Uh, Jazz is the better Ferguson. He's higher on your board. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Jazz would Jazz did not make my initial watch list of three hundred, but I went Uh, back and I I watched another forty names to get as prepped as possible for. 2019. So I have 340 names ranked on the final big board that's up on uh, the draft network now. And Jazz, I think, was the last fifth, last ranked fifth round grade that I assigned. And Ferguson, I think, was the second highest sixth round grade that I assigned. So I, I, I like Jazz. I have Jazz's tools are phenomenal. Do, do you remember my response? We texted about him over the weekend. Do you remember my response to you? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. Yeah, I said Jazz Ferguson is who uh, people told me Preston Williams was. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. And you remember like Preston Williams, like I think he had like a 31-inch vert and he ran like yeah. six. I don't like, think two- that was hard to identify on tape either. I really don't. I didn't watch him until I watched him, you know, like in the last month or something like that. But I, I pressed, people were telling us that like without the character concerns – that Preston Williams was like wide receiver one. <laughs> oh, dude. Right. I remember <laughs> no. before the combine, I think was it Lance 
somebody that I have like a ton of respect for and does a ton of great work. I think it was Lynn Zerline had Preston Williams like top 32 player or something mm. like that. Mm-hmm. We've got but three more takes and then we've got tattle takes to get to. Oh, no. Yep. Okay. Oh, and you screenshotted them this time. I love it. Oh, yep. We're ready. All the gray areas out. We know who gave the takes, who turned them in mm-hmm. this time. Okay. So this comes from, I don't know who this is from. Yeah, I messed that up. I'm sorry. Anonymous dude or dudette has responded to takes on takes with the following take. Uh, Jelani Tavai will go ahead of Mac Wilson in the 2019 NFL draft. If he doesn't, it will be obvious that he should have within their first three seasons. I know that Tavai has some fans out there. And to me, in the right system, he can find some success. You know, I think he's a Kyle Van Noy type player where you know, Detroit didn't know what to do with him, but the Patriots did, and he found production there. So I think you need to get him and the right type of fit because I think they're kind of stylistically similar players. But I don't think I don't I think Mac Wilson will get drafted ahead of him, if nothing else, for the injury and, and off the field concerns that surround Tavai and the fact that Mac Wilson's a, is a good linebacker from Alabama. Sometimes it's that simple when you're predicting the draft. Um do I think that he could have a better career than Mac Wilson? For sure, I do. Again, I do think it comes down to what scheme he goes to. Interesting player, um, but you know, I, if I don't think you're just gonna, you can't just ask him to play off ball linebacker in a traditional way. He, he, you have to scheme up some stuff for him. This one comes from Charlie uh, Gross. Jonah Williams is this year's Mike McGlinchey, an offensive lineman who will fall due to getting beat badly one time in a big game. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent, and. Uh... It's frustrating, right? And, and it's actually funny, Joe. It's, we're seeing it with Ed Oliver now too, right? Like this cycle of, hey, he's really good. Hey, he's a top player. Hey, I didn't like this rep that I saw. Top player shouldn't get beat like that. Combine comes around. Oh, you know, this this guy's solid. Maybe not spectacular, but, you know, athletically gifted. And then the, like the draft comes around, he's a top 10 pick. <laughs> Would it surprise me if Jonah Williams goes in the top 10? No, not at all. I think depending on trade options, I think the floor for him, I think the absolute floor is 23 at Houston. If he's there, it's a no-brainer pick. Would I like to see Houston get aggressive and jump up and get him? Yes, I would. I think he's a realistic option for Miami at 13. I think he's a realistic option for um, Detroit, Jacksonville. Buffalo. Buffalo. I mean, there's a lot of landmines yep. there, and you you generally know what you're going to get. Yep. And that was kind of the consensus with Mike McGlinchey. It's like, oh, well, his ceiling might not be high, but you know what you're going to get. And he went nine, and he was like one of the best rookies last year. So, Joe, I have a buzzer beater, a live take submitted within the last 60 seconds. Oh, wow. Is that because you want the first tattle take here? Because no, I wanted no, this no, one. No, 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 no. I get, you can, I'll double dip and give you that one. Right, it's from right. Robert Fletcher. This is literally, it was, we've both been mentioned on Twitter, and it was like a minute ago. Okay. As we're recording live, this take came in. Trevon Wesco will have more career receiving yards in the NFL than David Sills. It's our obligatory West Virginia uh, take. Oh, yeah, we have to get it in. <laughs> what, is, what is it about West Virginia takes? Um I might, that might happen because Tra- Trayvon Wesco is probably going to have like this long career as like a blocking specialist that like has a hundred receiving yards a year. But will da- David Sills ever have a hundred receiving yards for his career? So you don't like David, huh? I think he's got a long course to getting on the field. You know, 
I he's really like, do. He's like the Mike Gusecki of wide receivers. He won't in that he's gonna I mean, is he is he gonna be a preferred top three option? Like this year? Like I don't know. To me, he's got an uphill climb. And I think there's longevity longevity with what Trayvon Wesco could do. Yeah, okay. I mean I don't think it's bad. I don't think that's bad. I want the, right, I want so this first one, yeah. What a what a shit take this is. <laughs> Gil Brandt says watching Duke's Daniel Jones reminds him of watching Tennessee's Peyton Manning. Joe, t- hashtag tattle takes. I, I see it. I see it. We've got tall, white, and a number in the teens. You know? They, they're Man. both right-handed, too. Right-handed? Wow. They play the same position? Jeez. Yeah, that's where they'll end that list. Uh, that's the whole list of reasons why that makes sense. What are we doing? Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> it's going to happen, brother. Uh, okay, this one this one is a tattle take. Mike Renner, PFF Mike, good friend. Uh, he said, Friday news dump. I don't think Daniel Jones is that bad. I'd rather have him than Josh Rosen. And then he goes on to talk about how Jones had the worst supporting cast in college football last season. Um, that was turned in, turned in by Brian at Syracuse eleven oh five. You know who had a worse supporting cast than Daniel Jones? Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I think the floor is probably higher for Daniel when you consider like the intangibles component, and if you know Josh is in a losing environment, how teammates could probably kind of to cool on him. But I think the ceiling is exponentially higher with Josh. So I will respectfully disagree with Mike on that take. Okay, so this comes from – is it the Ty Smith one? Um, yes. Okay, sorry. It's just as we delete them, it's kind of moving them up the queue. It kind of threw me off. All right. Uh, Ty Smith, what are your thoughts, fellas? Hashtag tattle tweet. I like that one. Takes on takes. Uh, Ian Rappaport, Raiders coach uh, John Gruden and Mike and GM Mike Mayock sent their scouts home for the weekend, but they are not expected to return by the draft time. The belief is they don't know who to trust and want to clear the room. Well, I mean, I, I, I get this from a lot of different angles. Like, first of all, the scouts work is basically done. They've gathered the information. They deli- delivered it to the executives, and now it's time for the executives to make the decision. So they've kind of fulfilled their duties. Now, there's a big part of me that, you know, these guys have been grinding for, what, 10 months on the road, uh, away from their families, trying to find this information. To include them in part of the process is something that I think uh, is something that they kind of deserve to an extent, you know, and, and I'd, I'd want to reward them for that. And I'd also want to keep them nearby. That way, if I had a, a last-minute question or something that I wanted to clarify, that I could I could do that and have them in the room. And I get the trusting, and I understand that a lot of that staff's going to get turned over here as soon as the draft is over. And so maybe there is that component of it. So I kind of get it from every angle. Although I'd like to believe that I can trust my scouts, right? Like they're your freaking scouts. You need to be able to trust them. And so for that, like just that basic concept and principle, I need to be able to trust my scouts. I want them to reward them for all their hard work and make them part of the process. So I would want to believe that I can keep them in the room. This is also part of like the ass backwards hiring cycle for the pros, right? Like, Gruden brings on Mayock, and Mayock's the GM. 
but they phased out Reggie McKenzie like late in the game, and then you can't flush all your scouts down the toilet. So then you wait six months, and then you fire your scouts. It's like, shouldn't all these changes <laughs> be taking place at the same time? If you're going to do that, and then you're going to reference it six months later and say, well, we re- the, you're really not our guys. We don't know who we can trust, and if you're right. going to say anything. It's weird. So that's kind of where I, I get frustrated with it because it's really not – it's not in the scouts – Jurisdiction. Now, if you you're worried about them leaking information, you know where it's really hard to keep track of them when they're at home. <laughs> you want to stack the board without them? That's fine. But I I'm having them show up on draft day. I'm having them put their phones in a basket, and I'm going to put the basket up on top of the fridge so that it's. It's not obvious that a guy's going to whip out his phone and send a text to some of his buddies and be like, oh, this is going to go down, you know? But you send these guys home, somebody gives them a call. Hey, what did you, what did, you know, where did you think you guys were at on so-and-so? I feel like that just promotes as much of that spread of information as having them in the building on draft day. Yeah, maybe more. Yeah, we're getting fired, you know? Right. <laughs> Differences make now. Uh, man, this one's so bad. Um, from Ryan Roberts turning in somebody, uh, just saw someone compare Quinn and Williams to Terrence Cody. Here's the article. It's trash. trash. I read this this article too. It's legit. Mm. Uh, I'm beside myself. I'm actually more upset about that than the impending death of all of my favorite characters on Game of Thrones next week. I might watch that this summer, so. Joe, do you realize the most important and pivotal and heavy-hitting episode in the history of the show, I'm going to be locked up in your bedroom watching it? I, you know what? Here's the thing is I've offered to make that a, a, an event for you in the living room with the nice no, TV, and you don't want it. You want to like sit in the bedroom if you are on your laptop. Watch, if you're going to watch Game of Thrones, you can't watch the episode that is essentially the culmination of all eight seasons – and everybody dying. I get it, but I mean, I don't have to be in the room. I'm just trying to create a great experience no, for you. No, no, You're no, like, no, no, I'm just going to sit. I'm going to close the door. I'm going to go in the bedroom, get my laptop on. Laptop on the bed and put my headphones in. I'm going to lay on my tummy and kick my feet up in the air. And I'm just going to watch it like my face three <laughs> inches away from the monitor. When is this on Sunday? When does this happen so I can prepare, prepare accordingly? Nine o'clock? Nine to 1030. It's an hour and a half? Yeah, it's the longest episode in the history of the show. Wow. What am I going to do? You're not going to grind any tape. I can tell you that. <laughs> We're retired from tape grind for the next two weeks. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is this? Is it my turn? Yeah, it's it's my turn to give you. We got okay. two more. Right. Uh, this one comes from grinding the tape. Jump. Tattle takes. Takes on takes. <laughs> the original take is from Danny Cannell. The road we're headed down by encouraging bat flips in baseball is followed by pitchers fist pumping and acting a fool after every strikeout. Then we've got everyone jumping around like idiots in the third inning. Who wants to see that? Hey, I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for some passion and emotion and things that make baseball more interesting. You know, what's the problem here, man? I, I it's, it, I like that. I love the, I, I love when those pitchers, those hitters, like, you know, blast one and they know it the second they hit the bat and then they admire it out of the field, man, and then just slow jog it around the bases. Love it. 
Give me a great bat flip. Give me a fist pump if you strike a guy out, man. Have some emotion. You're competing, man. If this stuff ain't fun, then what the hell are you doing? What a bad take, Danny. If I wanted to see stoic guys flail at a at a ball, I'd watch golf. <laughs> he must have hated Tiger's reaction when he won the fucking yeah. Masters, man. The like, horror. The horror. What? Oh, a guy really cares. They've trained their asses off to win these these battles, and they're happy when they do it. What? The, get off my – this is even worse than get off my lawn because I can get get off my lawn. <laughs> this is terrible. All right, ready for the last one? Last one, and then we close. What? This is from Wacko for Flacco? That's a real – that's somebody's name on Twitter. He's a Broncos fan. I know. Wacko for Flacco at Broncos SB or bust. <laughs> Man, he loves it. Okay, so this is referring to Ben Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson. This is a poll that Benjamin Albright put out on, you know, if people would rather have Russell Wilson or Ben Roethlisberger. And Wacko for Flacco said this, Wilson is a great backyard football player who won a ring with a great defense. I'll take the NFL pocket passer over Wilson, and he's referring to Ben Roethlisberger, turned in by Zach Herbert, or Hey Bear. It's Hey Bear, got to be, right? There's no R before the B? Yeah. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> I'll take Russell Wilson 10 times out of 10. Uh, are we talking a game? Are we talking a season? What? What's the... Does it matter? In what scenario would you take no. Ben? No, zero. Right. Absolutely zero. No disrespect to Ben, but he's not Russ. Right. And it, it all comes from, if you think Russell Wilson's a great backyard player. <laughs> it's literally what Ben is. You, you don't know football. Ben's a backyard player. Yeah. Shrug off five guys and then heave it. Right. I don't know, man. Yeah, that, that, one's, that one missed the mark for me. <laughs> I think that's wrong in, in about every way presented. Um. What's not wrong is we're going to be back tomorrow, Battle of the Boards, Joe and I, offense tomorrow, defense on Wednesday, looking at each other's boards, airing our grievances, expressing our concerns, uh, just really taking each other to task, which will be a fun time. We're going we're gonna to have some fun with it. We always do. This will be our third year kind of picking each other's boards apart. Uh, Joe's going to harass me for – three hours on Wednesday for Jermaine Pratt. And I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have any, like, like last year was Tyrone Craw- uh, Crawford, right? Or Crowder. Crowder. You already forgot Crowder. his name. <laughs> but my point is there's no, I don't believe I have any of those rankings this year where you're like beside yourself. Do you? I, I mean, I have to take, I got to go through this thing with a comb. Okay. So the, answer, would- oh, the answer is no. You ever see Spaceballs? You ever see that movie? Um, no. <laughs> you, you got me with the comb. There's a scene in there where they say they got to comb the desert. And there's these guys out there with a giant, like, human-sized hair hair comb. And they're combing the sand. He said, they told us to comb the desert, so we're combing it. It made me think of, uh, made me think of Spaceballs. But I guess you had to be there, Joe. So, but starting on Wednesday, we're going to be get together for, like, 10 days in a row. So that yeah. was a good foreshadow of the amount of movie references I'm going to have to deal with over that span, right? You guys can enjoy it too. All you got to do is hit subscribe on the draft dudes, come back and see us again uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 
and all of next week. We'll be together for a majority of that time, preferably without my motion sensor here in the living room. So all good things. Thanks for listening to Draft These Podcast. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.